Mark. I had it. When Mark recorded the words of Peter, he provided us a first-hand account of the last week of Jesus' life. We call this week Holy Week. In only two days, the eight-day festival of Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread would begin. The high priests and religious leaders were looking for a way they could seize Jesus by stealth and kill him. They agreed that it should not be done during Passover week. We don't, we don't want, want the crowds, crowds up, up in arms. arms. Jesus was at Bethany, a guest of Simon the leper. While he was eating dinner, a woman came up carrying a bottle of very expensive perfume. Opening the bottle, she poured it on his head. Some of the guests became furious among themselves. That's criminal, a sheer waste. This perfume could have been sold for well over a year's wages and handed out to the poor. They swelled up in anger, nearly bursting with indignation over her. But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why are you giving her a hard time? She has just done something wonderfully significant for me. You will have the poor with you every day for the rest of your lives. Whenever you feel like it, you can do something for them. Not so with me. She did what she could when she could. She pre-anointed my body for burial. And you can be sure that wherever in the whole world the message is preached, what she just did is going to be talked about with admiration. Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the cabal of high priests determined to betray him. They couldn't believe their ears and promised to pay him well. He started looking for just the right moment to hand Jesus over. On the first of the days of unleavened bread, the day they prepared the Passover sacrifice, the disciples asked Jesus, Where do you want us to go and make preparations so you can eat the Passover meal? Go into the city. A man carrying a water jug will meet you. Follow him and ask the owner of whichever house he enters. The teacher wants to know, where is my guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will show you a spacious second-story room, swept and ready. Prepare for us there. The disciples left, came to the city, found everything just as he had told them, and prepared the Passover meal. After sunset, he came with the twelve. As they were at the supper table eating, Jesus said, I have something hard but important to say to you. One of you is going to hand me over to the conspirators. One who at this moment is eating with me. Stunned, they started asking one after another. It, it, it isn't me, is it? Is it me? It isn't me, is it? It's one of the twelve. One who eats with me out of the same bowl. In one sense, it turns out that the Son of Man is entering into a way of treachery, well marked by the Scriptures. No surprises here. In another sense, the man who turns him in turns, to the, turns traitor 
to the Son of Man. Better never to have been born than to do this. In the course of their meal, having taken and blessed the bread, he broke it and gave it to them. Take, this is my body. Taking the chalice, he gave it to them, thanking God, and they all drank from it. This is my blood. I'll not be drinking wine again until the new day when I drink it in the kingdom of God. They sang a hymn and then went directly to Mount Olive. You're all going to feel that your world is falling apart and that it's my fault. There's a scripture that says, I will strike the shepherd. The sheep will go helter-skelter. But after I'm raised up, I will go ahead of you, leading the way to Galilee. Peter blurted out, Even if everyone else is ashamed of you when things fall to pieces, I won't be. Don't be so sure. Today, this very night in fact, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. Even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. All the others said the same. They came to an area called Gethsemane. Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him. He plunged into a sinkhole of dreadful agony. I feel bad enough right now to die. Stay here. Keep vigil with me. Going a little ahead, he fell to the ground and prayed for a way out. Papa, Father, you can, you can, you can, can't you? Get me out of this. Take this cup away from me. But please, not what I want. What do you want? He came back and he found the disciples sound asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, you went to sleep on me? Can't you stick it out with me a single hour? Stay alert. Be in prayer so you don't enter the danger zone without even knowing it. Don't be naive. Part of you is eager, ready for anything in God. But another part is as lazy as an old dog sleeping by the fire. He then went back and prayed the same prayer. Returning, he again found them asleep. They simply couldn't keep their eyes open, and they didn't have an excuse. He came back a third time. Are you going to sleep all night? No. You've slept long enough. Time's up. Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let's get going. My betrayer has arrived. No sooner were the words out of his mouth when Judas the one out of the twelve, showed up, and with him a gang of ruffians, sent by the high priests, religious scholars, and leaders, brandishing swords and clubs. The betrayer had worked out a signal with them. The one I kiss, that's the one. Seize him. Make sure he doesn't get away. He went straight to Jesus. Rabbi. When he kissed him, the others then grabbed him and roughed him up. 
One of the men, standing there, unsheathed his sword, swung and came down on the chief priest's servant, lopping off the man's ear. What is this, coming after me with swords and clubs, as if I were a dangerous criminal? Day after day, I've been sitting in the temple, teaching, and you never so much as lifted a hand against me. What you, in fact, have done is confirm the prophetic writings. All the disciples cut and ran. A young man was following along. All he had on was a bedsheet. Some of the men grabbed him, but he got away, running off naked, leaving them holding the sheet. They led Jesus to the high priest, where the high priests, religious leaders, and scholars had gathered together. Peter followed at a safe distance until they got to the chief priest's courtyard where he mingled with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. The high priests, conspiring with the Jewish council, looked high and low for evidence against Jesus by which they could sentence him to death. They found nothing. Plenty of people were willing to bring false charges, but nothing added up, and they ended up canceling each other out. Then a few of them stood up and lied. We heard him say, I'm going to tear down the temple, built by hard labor, and in three days build another without lifting a hand. But even they couldn't agree exactly. In the middle of this, the chief priest stood up and asked Jesus, What do you have to say to this accusation? Jesus was silent. He said nothing. The chief priest tried again, this time asking, Are you the Messiah? The son of the blessed? Yes, I am. And you'll see it yourself. The son of man seated at the right hand of the mighty one, arriving on the clouds of heaven. The chief priest lost his temper, ripping his clothes. Did you hear that? After that, do we need witnesses? You heard the blasphemy. Are you going to stand for it? They condemned him, one and all. The sentence? Death. Death. Some of them started spitting at him. They blindfolded his eyes, then hit him, saying, Who hit you? Prophesy! The guards, punching and slapping, took him away. While all of this was going on, Peter was down in the courtyard. One of the chief priest's servant girls came in, and, seeing Peter warming himself there, looked hard at him. You were with the Nazarene, Jesus. Uh, I I don't know what you're talking about. He went out on the porch. A rooster crowed. The girl spotted him and began telling the people standing around. He is one of them. He denied it again. After a while, the bystanders brought it up again. You've got to be one of them. You've got Galilean written all over you. Now Peter got really nervous and swore. I never laid eyes on this man you're talking about. Just then, the rooster crowed a second time. Peter remembered how Jesus had said, Before a rooster crows twice, you'll deny me three times. Peter collapsed in tears. At dawn's first light, the high priest with the religious leaders and scholars arranged a conference with the entire Jewish council. After tying Jesus securely, they took him out and presented him to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? If you say so. The high priest let loose a barrage of accusations. Aren't you going to answer anything? 
That's quite a list of accusations. Still, he said nothing. Pilate was impressed, really impressed. It was a custom at the feast to release a prisoner, anyone the people asked for. There was one prisoner called Barabbas, locked up with the insurrectionists who had committed murder during the uprising against Rome. As the crowd came up and began to present its petition for him to release a prisoner, Pilate anticipated them. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews to you? Pilate knew by this time that it was through sheer spite that the high priests had turned Jesus over to him. But the high priest by then had worked up the crowd to ask for the release of Barabbas. Pilate came back. So what do I do with this man you call king of the Jews? Nail Nail him to a cross. But for what crime? Nail Nail him to a cross. Pilate gave the crowd what it wanted, setting Barabbas free and turned Jesus over for whipping and crucifixion. The soldiers took Jesus into the palace, the praetorium, and called together the entire brigade. They dressed him up in purple and put a crown plated from a thorn bush on his head. Then they began their mockery. Bravo, king of the Jews! They banged on his head with a club, spit on him, and knelt down in mock worship. After they had had their fun, they took off the purple cape and put his own clothes back on him. Then they marched out to nail him to the cross. There was a man walking by coming from work, Simon from Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus. They made him carry Jesus' cross. The soldiers brought Jesus to Golgotha, meaning Skull Hill. They offered him a painkiller made of wine mixed with myrrh, but he wouldn't take it. They They nailed nailed him him to to the the cross. They divided up his clothes and threw dice to see who would get them. They nailed him up at nine o'clock in the morning. The charge against him, the king of the Jews, was printed on a board above his head. Along with him, they crucified two criminals one to his right, the other to his left. People passing along the road shake their heads in mock lament. You bragged that you could tear the temple down and then rebuild it in three days? Show us your stuff. Save yourself. If you really are God's son, come down from that cross. The high priests, along with the religious scholars, were were right there, mixing it up with the rest of them, having a great time poking fun at him. He saved others, but he can't save himself. Messiah, is he? King of Israel? Then let him climb down from that cross. We'll all become believers then. Even the men crucified alongside Jesus joined in the mockery. At noon, the sky became extremely dark. The darkness lasted for three hours. At three o'clock, Jesus groaned out of the depths. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. Which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders who heard him said, 
Listen, he's calling for Elijah. Someone ran off, soaked a sponge in sour wine, put it on a stick and gave it to him to drink, saying, Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down. But Jesus, with a loud cry, gave his last breath. At that moment, the temple curtain ripped right down the middle. When the Roman captain, standing guard in front of him, saw that he had quit breathing, he said, This this has to be the Son of God. There were women watching from a distance, among them Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of the younger James, and Joseph and Salome. When Jesus was in Galilee, these women followed and served him and had come up with him to Jerusalem. Late in the afternoon, since it was the day of preparation, that is Sabbath Eve, Joseph of Arimathea, a highly respected member of the Jewish council, came. He was the one who lived expectantly on the lookout for the kingdom of God. Working up his courage, he went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate questioned whether he could be dead that soon and called for the captain to verify that Jesus was really dead. Assured by the captain, he gave Joseph the corpse. Having already purchased a linen shroud, Joseph took him down, wrapped him in the shroud, placed him in a tomb that had been cut into the rock. He rolled a large stone across the opening. Mary Magdalene and Mary, mother of Joseph, watched the burial. This ends the reading of the gospel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God.